The topic of our Dhamma talk this evening is the unwholesome root of delusion. As usual, we'll start with that passage from the 22nd collection of the Samyutta Nikaya, Discourse Number 100. Often should one reflect upon one's own mind. Thus, for a long time has this mind been defiled by greed, by hatred, and by delusion. Mental defilements make beings impure. Mental cleansing purifies them. The Pali term for delusion is moha, and uh, the Sanskrit is uh, just the same word. The Vedic term, corresponding term, would be moka. And Satna, this moha then stands for, yes, delusion. What else does it stand for? Ignorance, in a, it's a synonym, yes. Confusion, yes, indeed. Stupidity, dullness of mind, and dullness of mind in the sense of a lack of sharpness of the mind. And furthermore, bewilderment. In a little while, we shall mm, explore uh, a number of other synonyms that Satna the Buddha has used you know, during his many years of teachings. So Moha is one of Satna, the unwholesome mental states, and Satna it's among you know, the unwholesome mental states, it gets mentioned as the first one. And it is also, uh, as we know by now, uh, given as uh, no, one of the three roots of all unwholesomeness. It is furthermore said to be one of the ten bases of impurity, namely the Dasa Kilisa Watuni in the Pali scriptural language according to the Vibhanga. Now, just like there are, or just like there are seven universal mental factors, there are four universal unwholesome factors, mental factors that occur together with all unwholesome consciousness and or unwholesome mental states. And those four consist, number one, of course, of Fatna delusion, and then number two,
What about? Na 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 na. Bury. What about certain shamelessness? What's about uh, absence of uh, or sorry, fearlessness? So ahirika and anotapa, and certainly the fourth one is certain restlessness, udicha. So those four, delusion, and certainly then absence of moral shame, fearlessness of wrongdoing, and restlessness, they always uh, occur together. They occur together with all unwholesome mental factors. So let's say, as an example, the mental factor of of conceit is there. It will, by definition, be accompanied by those four factors, those four universal unwholesome ones. The same thing would go for sloth and torpor. Sloth and torpor, those two mental factors will be, again, accompanied by delusion, by absence of uh, uh, moral shame and fearlessness of wrongdoing and sudden restlessness. Now, this certain uh, delusion as a mental factor is, uh, does it have an opposition? Does it have an antidote? And if so, yes? Wisdom. Wisdom, that is correct. Fortunately, that antidote is there. Now, in turning to the Dhamma Nisangani for synonyms for delusion, we then find a treasure grove of synonyms. So the Dhamma Sangani asks, in its paragraph 319, what at that time is bewilderment? And the answer that it then gives that which at that time is ignorance, anyana, not seeing the truth, adasana, incomprehension of the truth, anabhisyamaya, lack of proper knowledge of the truth, then misapprehension of the impermanent, unsatisfactory, and uh, non-self nature of phenomena, lack of penetrative knowledge, and inability to grasp well the three universal characteristics. Inability to reflect properly, the inability to distinguish between right and wrong, and that which destroys purity of mind. Furthermore, foolishness, lack of comprehension, and lack of comprehension of the Four Noble Truths. 
So these various synonyms that have been used in or given in the text can be grouped to some extent, namely synonyms that focus on a lack of understanding of the Four Noble Truths, then synonyms which are not properly understanding the Three Universal Characteristics. So we could add to this long list of synonyms for delusion terms such as prejudice, ideological dogmatism, fanatism, fanatism and certain wrong views. Now, Would you say that delusion as a mental factor occurs only rather infrequently in us or quite frequently? Quite frequently. Quite frequently. Yes, indeed. The delusion is certainly sometimes so prevalent that certainly we don't even realize certainly that we are deluded. So it's kind of like being in the midst of a forest and certainly no longer realizing that one is in the midst of the forest, no longer seeing the trees. Now, maybe for a clar- clarification. Mm. This delusion, does it refer you know, to things like not understanding uh, basic math, not understanding the principles of computer sciences? Does it mean this? Entirely different. Entirely different. There you go. So those other things, that is a not knowing of worldly knowledge. Worldly forms of fitness science. But the term delusion or moha, ignorance, avidya or anyana, these certain terms refer to delusion from a point of view of fitness, spiritual uh, understanding or lack of, rather, lack of understanding. Now, to maybe highlight certainly this point even further, a person may have fitness just uh, 
you know, um, received a PhD in atomic you know, physics and you know, then decide to go on and meditate, that person, would you say, you know, then is totally free from delusion because he or she already has a degree, not a PhD degree. The person is not free from delusion. And there may be many aspects that such a PhD holder, from a spiritual point of view, does not yet understand. And those aspects we shall uh, then uh, look into in a, a short while. Now, mental defilements can be classified by their degree of uh, intensity and degree to which they are rooted or instilled in the stream of consciousness. They can also you know, be classified by a way of uh, the amount of practice that is necessary to uproot the respective mental defilement. So when it comes to a mental defilement like skeptical doubt, and in comparison to this, you know, then delusion, which one will be easier to eradicate from the stream of consciousness? The doubt. That is correct. And it takes our, the realization of arahanship you know, to uh, eradicate, to uproot once and forever you know, the mental defilement of Futner delusion. In the case of skeptical doubt, it takes just um, you know, the realization of the first path of uh, enlightenment. Now, as in earlier Dhamma talks on Kusala Akusala, the Itiwutaka refers to delusion as an inner foe or an inner ad adversary, an inner enemy. It says, Delusion is a cause of harm. Unrest of mind it brings. This danger that has grown within blind folk are unaware of it. One who is deluded and cannot see the facts, nor can he or she understand the Dhamma, if such a person is in delusion's grip, in complete darkness, he or she is plunged. But the person who has shed delusion's veil is undeluded where confusion reigns. One fully scatters all delusion just as the sun dispels 
the night. Now delusion is certainly just like greed and certain hatred also alluded to as a fire and uh, um, a fire that burns us and in the presence of ignorance the 73 kinds of knowledge as uh, explained in the Bhattisambhita Magha, the path of discrimination, do not arise. So ignorance or delusion is the primary root of all unwholesomeness and suffering in the world, veiling one's mental eyes and preventing one from seeing the true nature of things. It is delusion tricking human beings by making life appear to be permanent, happy and certainly substantial and beautiful and preventing one from seeing everything in reality is impermanent, liable to suffering, void of an eye and mind, and basically impure. It is first and foremost because of delusion or ignorance that certain human beings are traveling from birth to birth, from this form to that form again and again. That is what results certainly from ignorance or delusion. So how does this work? Because certainly we do not understand the um, profound nature of the Dhamma, we think unwholesome thoughts have unwholesome ideas, and certainly then that might, uh, and certainly they might have unwholesome intentions, and those unwholesome intentions lead to unwholesome actions by body and certainly speech. And those actions in turn will have karmic results, and certainly those karmic results then uh, will have an impact on our going on, or going on and on, cycling on and on um, in samsara. Now, it is due to ignorance that the minds of human beings become dulled and muddled, and certainly that certainly they 
and go endlessly wandering from life to life. However, when one walks the path of knowledge, then one leaves certainly this gradually leaves this cycle of birth and death behind. So we can say that in essence delusional ordinary ignorance distorts cognition, dominates volition and determines the entire tone of our existence. As has been highlighted already in earlier Dhamma talks on greed as a root of unwholesomeness and hatred as a root of unwholesomeness. Akusala, and with this sudden delusion, is an unhealthy, a sickly state of mind that is morally faulty and blameworthy and has unpleasant karmic results. So to keep putting that in mind. Now, in terms of the difference and the diversity and the distinction between the three roots of unwholesomeness. It is said certainly with regard to delusion that this is a great fault and also and it fades away very slowly. So the consequences of delusion can be immense and as we've seen, acts done out of delusion may lead to a prolongation of our journey in samsara. And delusion is so deeply instilled in the mind and tends to be so, so much prevails so strongly that it takes a long, long time, first of all, to see it and then gradually to weaken it. According to a past, a short certain discourse given in the Samyutta Nikaya, namely a discourse entitled The Roof Peak, which is part of you know, the 
20th collection of discourses, discourse number one. According to that certain discourse, delusion or ignorance plays an extremely important role. All, un all unwholesome states, that discourse says, are rooted in ignorance and converge upon ignorance. And all, and all are uprooted when ignorance is uprooted. And that being the case, we are called you know, to train ourselves by you know, dwelling diligently, being, practicing you know, diligently. So this delusion or you know, ignorance differs from other you know, mental you know, factors or mental states and its characteristic is you know, twofold. Either it's given as mental blindness or as sudden unknowing. So it's kind of that mental blindness is comparable you know, to a person who has eyes but cannot see. And despite of the fact that, you know, that we may have that we have a mind in the presence of delusion or ignorance, we just lack the ability to clearly see the nature of objects. So to see and understand the qualities, the characteristics of predominant features of objects. The function of uh, ignorance or delusion is certainly said to be non-penetration, or uh, the second certain function is said to conceal the true nature of an object. So let's say a particular object is there, it could be the rising and falling movement of the abdomen, and even though it is there, ever ready to be uh, observed, and yet in the presence of Fatna ignorance, we just can't make out its sudden nature. Now, the Visuddhi Magatna states that delusion is manifested as Satna the absence of right view or understanding. And so the absence of right view with regard to you know, the truth of Fatna suffering, as well as Satna the other um, noble truths. 
is further said that, or in its second manifestation, is given as such a mental darkness. Now, this particular statement about how delusion uh, manifests is given in a somewhat uh, very um, well in an absolute manner however there are many more details to this so one aspect of an absence of right view or mental darkness and it gets expressed in Dhammapada verse 317 where it says those beings who see danger in what is not dangerous who do not see danger in what is dangerous and who hold wrong views go to a lower plane of existence Now, in your own meditation practice, what kind of manifestations of delusion have you come across? In your own practice, yes, Venerable Kimako. Um, <clears throat> delusion that thinking about a thought will somehow yield a satisfactory result. Ah. Mm-hmm. Uh, then good contribution. Any further contributions? How, in your meditation practice, your own practice, how has delusion manifested? You spent already almost two weeks uh, here in meditation. Yes. When? Not recognizing that the mind is wandering. Ah, that's a very down-to-earth and good certain example, indeed. Still, other examples. Still, let's hear. This is my seat. Ah. <laughs> when in fact, Satna then, Satna, that belongs to the mountain hermitage. And Satna then, we could add to this with regard to the walking meditation. So you've got your preferred spot where you do your walking meditation and someone else comes and then takes your spot. How dare he or she? This is my path. Now, Still, we need to, we're still in search. Yes, certain constants, let's hear. This is my pain. Ah, that's correct. When in fact, it's just a process. It's just an object. There you go. And Satna, then, Lin, what would you say? In your own practice, how has delusion manifested so far, if at all? 
maybe <laughs> not, who knows? Ah, uh, not seeing the rising and passing of formations, yes. And then, Kim? Uh, believing the contents of thoughts. Ah, uh, yes, indeed. So blindly believing, buying into you know, the content of thoughts, especially you know, when the content, of, you know, the content is a lot of rubbish. <laughs> and a buyer in your case. What's that? Believing in the existence of a self. Ah, very good point. Indeed. And Satna, then Carol? Uh, identification with uh, thoughts and uh, everything. <laughs> yes, indeed. As Satna, my, uh, my rise and fall, and Satna, my, uh, my joy, my misery, my suffering, and Satna, so on. So, no. There are to compl- or to add to what you have Fatna said, there are so many um, occasions when delusion comes in. So let us say we're observing the rising and falling movement of the abdomen, and even though the rising and falling movement of, of the abdomen is taking place, we are not seeing, we are not understanding the expansion of the abdomen in the case of the rising movement, and we are not seeing the contraction in the case of the falling movement. And the same thing goes suddenly for other sensations. Let's say, now there is suddenly some um, mild uh, throbbing sensation somewhere in the leg and we are not aware of it. Or, and uh, this might go for uh, many other uh, predominance, uh, many other sensations that naturally come up in the body. Or, a common case, a common manifestation of delusion is, especially during the beginning days of a retreat, the hindrances are unfolding, are occurring one by one, and a retreatant is not recognizing them. And in particular, not certainly recognizing, let's say, Mm, sloth and torpor. So, time and again, one is sitting there and suddenly the head is nodding. And one thinks, oh well, that's just part of the practice and um, that will be okay. And not recognizing that this is uh, um, related to the mental hindrance of sloth and torpor. Or, Another example, questions such as, this pra- or is this practice really working? Do I have the capacity to do this practice? Is this really the right time for practice? Is this the right place, the right teachers, and so on? And the mind goes on and on and on and on. Once practice is falling apart, 
And so a retreatant might not recognize, at least someone who is new to the meditation, might not recognize what is going on. So eventually a teacher will then have to point out, could it be that what you're experiencing is related to the mental hindrance of a skeptical doubt? And then comes the aha experience. Or another common case of footnote delusion. Our activities are preceded by what? Intentions. Intentions. However, beginning retreatants right away on day one, do they see those intentions? Not necessarily. So even though they are there, yet they're not being seen as yet. And the reason lies in the presence of delusion. Now, gradually, as one uh, keeps observing predominant formations, mental formations, one might at first not make this distinction between wholesomeness and unwholesomeness, kusala and akusala, the distinction that we are making in the course of these discourses. So thinking what is ultimately akusala, taking that to be kusala, and what might be kusala, taking that to be akusala. Or other forms, and a bit certain more developed forms of delusion are not discerning mind from matter and not realizing that a self ultimately does not exist. All we have are just physical and mental formations, mind and matter. Or yet another manifestation of delusion would be to assume that it is some supreme feeling, uh, sorry, some supreme being that causes certain sensations or certain objects to occur in the body or the mind. So maybe Maybe it's money too that is certainly responsible for your uh, pains in the body. Now, your own meditation practice, however, will show you that that's not the case, indeed. But rather that a pain in the body is caused by certain conditions, could be other sensations, but could also be by some mental unwholesome mental state. Now, yet other manifestations of not understanding delusion or manifestation of not properly understanding comes in the form of observing one rising movement of the abdomen 
and taking this to be a permanent experience. Observing one falling movement and taking it to be um, a permanent experience. And observing various objects and being under the impression that these objects are conducive to one's happiness or to one's pleasure or further you know, thinking and assuming that suddenly you know, there is a self and the self is in control of our experiences. Now, those some are manifestations of once again delusion. So not properly comprehending the three universal characteristics of anicca, dukkha and anatta. So where actually an impermanence prevails, we assume permanence. Where unsatisfactoriness prevails, we assume uh, happiness, pleasure, and uh, where ultimately mm, there is no identification with of objects with a self, yet wrongly we assume such a self. Or another case of uh, um, of a manifestation of delusion in our own meditation is when the imperfections of insight occur, namely illumination, you know, strong, keen, unerring knowledge comes up, and sudden joy is there, tranquility arises, happiness is there, and sudden faith arises. And sudden being uninformed about those imperfections of insight and you know, then doing what? There you go. Holding on to them, grasping you know, those experiences and <coughs> even craving for more of them. Another fundamental manifestation of uh, or fund pretty flawed manifestation of delusion is to, to think that vipassana meditation is a feel-good practice so we do this to feel good now, the main thing is that we feel pleasant, you know, this great sense of peace all the time. And certainly, maybe if on top of this, the Pasna meditation helps us to get rid of some, of, uh, some pains, well, so much shatna, the better. Uh, mind you, there are followers of the Pasna meditation that who, or who subscribe to just that very notion. Maybe not here. Hopefully not. So, a serious case of a serious manifestation of delusion in practice could be that one um, thinks 
or claims not to have realized the Dhamma when in fact this is not the case yet. So certain criteria are there you know, to you know, check whether this really uh, uh, realization has really happened or not, and certainly uh, simply uh, out of ignorance, out of delusion, uh, assuming that the Dhamma has been gained, when in fact it has not. Now, the proximate cause for you know, the arising of uh, delusion, the, the Surimagat tells us, is unwise attention. So, you know, when delusion is there, not recognizing it, and thinking that it is okay. In the earliest expositions of Fatna the Dhamma, the definition of Fatna delusion is, or ignorance, is Fatna given as ignorance is defined as not knowing the Four Noble Truths, namely the Noble Truth of Suffering, its origin, its cessation, and the path leading to its cessation. And the reference here is certain to several passages, at least three passages, in the Samyutta Nikaya. Now, what about the connection between ignorance and actions, actions performed? Out of ignorance, what kind of categories of actions are we likely to perform? Yes, and more specifically, selfish. Uh, being selfish, yes. Still, more specific than that. Breaking the precepts. Uh, breaking the precepts. That's the point, indeed. And so, uh, so uh, among the precepts we have. Uh, there you go. So you know, rather than following that precept, uh, life, you know, there's the harming of life, there's the taking of life. And uh, rather than honoring you know, the other's property, there's the taking of other's property, illegal you know, taking of it. And so, uh, then even though another person is in a permanent relationship or in a marriage, yet out of delusion or ignorance we may think it's perfectly alright to interfere. Now still other forms of um, actions that may grow out of ignorance 
are new forms of wrongful speech, namely simply, or at first certain, simple uh, lying, misrepresenting facts and figures, and furthermore engaging in slandering, in harsh language and gossip. So the, those are your, your four forms of, um, uh, of verbal uh, misconduct. And then there are four, f three forms of mental misconduct that arise, certain, that tend to arise out of uh, ignorance. And uh, those uh, three are covetousness, ill will, and holding wrong views. Now, once one has transgressed in one way or another, let's say, uh, taken the life of another human being, there will be uh, consequences. The usual consequences um, in terms of having broken uh, the law of another country, but there will also be the karmic consequences that certainly we need to, that we will have to face. Now in this regard, the first volume of the Angujanikaya section 134 states an act performed out of ignorance or delusion, born of certain delusion, originating in delusion, arising from delusion, has its fruit wherever an individual is reborn. And wherever that act comes to fruition, whether it comes into bearing in this very life or in some other phase of existence, there one experiences the fruit thereof. So there is no running away from the karmic results of our actions. Now, in terms of modern applications, based on you know, certain um, certain views, such just as an example, um, that it is okay you know, to you know, take the lives of un of non-believers then um, terror uh, attacks are uh, being performed. That certainly would clearly come under uh, or uh, would be a result that or an action that um, arises from delusion. Now, the 
views, world views, philosophies, religious belief systems, and the like. There are many of those. And if you, if a human being subscribes to, let's say, a religious system that preaches uh, one has to <coughs> offer, uh, let's say, 20 apples every day to some supreme being, and this will mean, uh, bring uh, uh, lots of, uh, uh, or will bring much success and success in the lottery, etc., if you subscribe to, if you believe in such uh, uh, a view, and you follow this uh, through day by day, you offer 20 apples. Now, now then, um, after a while, it will cost you a lot of money. <laughs> it will cost you a lot of waste. There will be a lot of wasted certain time. And you may, in the end, not win the lottery. <laughs> so I'm just uh, <coughs> expressing uh, this in funny, uh, funny terms. But as human beings, uh, we, because we are born into uh, certain religious belief systems, we are not uh, then. Uh, maybe less so you know, these days, but more so in the past. And certainly, so you know, we're likely to follow what our you know, parents you know, are you know, subscribing to, and then we just blindly believe in something, whether that particular you know, religious certain belief system or general you know, belief system is really working or not, is certain you know, remains totally um, uh, uninvestigated. Now, this blind believing in this worldview or that certain political ideology or view of supremacy or some ethical, no, no, not ethical, um, views, racial views, etc. Those can have terrible um, results. And so in this, and they're all based on you know, delusion. So in this regard, the Buddha gives the following advice to the Kalamas, who had been, who had noticed how one religious teacher after another would come through their town and proclaim different teachings each and everyone claiming that his or her teachings were uh, absolutely correct and every other, and all the other you know, teachings were utterly wrong. So the Kalamas ended up perplexed. So the Buddha you know, advises, gives them the following advice. It is fitting for you to be perplexed, O Kalamas, fitting for you to be in doubt, 
don't has a reason in you about a perplexing matter. Come kalamas, do not go by oral tradition, by lineage of teaching, by hearsay, by a collection of scriptures, by logical reasoning, by inferential reasoning, by reason cogitation, by the acceptance of a view after pondering it, by the seeming competence of a speaker, or because you think the ascetic is our guru. But when Kalamas, you know for yourselves these things are unwholesome, these things are blameworthy, these things are censored by the wise, these things, if accepted and undertaken, lead to harm and suffering, then you should abandon them. Now, based on what has been said so far, what would be a reason for you to abandon delusion? Is there any reason that would motivate you to abandon delusion? Or do you prefer holding on to it? Yes? Deborah, what do you think? Uh, delusion brings a lot of suffering. Yes, that's great. Or we can put it certainly differently. Delusion brings a lot of harm. It causes us harm. It causes harm to others. And it causes harm to both parties. Now, remember the passage quoted both by Marcius as well as me on abandoning what is unskillful and the Buddha is saying mm, abandon what is unful it is possible to abandon what is unskillful and so on and so forth and yeah, then going on yeah, to yeah, saying develop what is certainly skillful it is possible to develop what is skillful. So just uh, or, or that particular passage as um, a passage of encouragement that despite of the fact that delusion can be so you know, that delusion can prevail so much, yet you know, there is a possibility you know, to you know, first of all see it in its certain various uh, nuances, and certainly then gradually to weaken it and eventually to abandon it. <coughs> now. As Sutna mentioned, 
in a different passage, also mm, that passage has been given in the past, in regard to you know, delusion, it is not that delusion can be abandoned by bodily acts, nor that delusion can be abandoned by speech, but rather it needs to be abandoned by uh, seeing it. So the particular passage here is delusion can neither be abandoned by bodily acts nor by speech, but it can be abandoned by wisely seeing it. And what word engaged in here, you know, during this retreat, during this Vipassana retreat, is just that, you know, trying to you know, see you know, what is going on in the body and in the mind, and in you know, this context also you know, seeing our you know, own delusion. Now, there's various uh, ways of uh, overcoming, of removing uh, delusion. And delusion can be classified as <coughs> according to its degree or intensity, namely as latent delusion, as obsessive delusion, and as transgressive delusion. The transgressive delusion being the most serious one. Now, how would you overcome transgressive delusion? Transgressive delusion means that it actually leads to Act bodily or verbal transgressions. So, how do you deal with this? Yes, that's it, correct. Restraining oneself in line with the precepts. So, in other words, by way of sila, carefully observing sila. Now, how would you, you know, try to remove? Um, at least weaken and then you know, remove the obsessive grade or level of uh, ignorance or delusion. What would be the most appropriate uh, approach for this? You couldn't hear? So, how to overcome the obsessive level of ignorance or delusion. So, in the case of transgressive Fatna delusion, we overcome this with sila. In the case of the obsessive... Ah, there you go, that's it. So, through concentration, samadhi. And you will you know, remember that certain concentration in the context of the hindrances is certainly said to suppress the hindrances. Um, so as long as concentration is there, the hindrances will be you know, suppressed. Now, temporarily, 
overcoming transgressive defilements so through sila, obsessive defilements or, or ignorance you know, through you know, concentration is great, yet not sufficient because the latent form of ignorance and delusion may still prevail in the stream of consciousness. And it is in order to address that level of delusion that we need to develop wisdom, panya in the Pali scriptural language. Now, as we've seen already with regard to the previous two roots of unwholesomeness, namely greed and certain hatred, mindfulness is a major uh, tool. And here, in terms of the um, four establishments of mindfulness, Chitta-nupasana, of course, is called for, as well as Vedna-nupasana, especially because uh, neutral feelings are likely to then uh, lead to the arising of ignorance. The Satipatthana instructions then for for ignorance then are that one understands a mind that is affected by ignorance as a mind that is affected by ignorance and one understands a mind that is unaffected by ignorance as unaffected by ignorance. Now, furthermore, knowing the arising and uh, the uh, knowing what cause, what contributes you know, to the arising of delusion and what contributes to the non-arising of delusion, this too is very helpful. And in a passage, a standard certain passage, now given in the first volume of the Yangutra Nikaya, in section 200 to 201, we have the following. But what, friends, is the reason unarisen delusion arises and arisen delusion increases and expands. And to this you should answer careless attention. And therefore earlier on as part of the definition of delusion the proximate cause was given as careless attention. For one who attends carelessly Unarisen delusion arises and arisen delusion increases and expands. This, O oh friends, is the reason unarisen delusion arises and arisen delusion increases and expands. But then, 
I suppose others ask you, but what, oh friends, is the reason an arisen delusion does not arise and a risen delusion is abandoned? You should answer careful attention. For one who attends carefully, an arisen delusion does not arise and a risen delusion is abandoned. This, oh friends, is the reason an arisen delusion does not arise and a risen delusion is abandoned. Now, this Satna then pretty much brings us you know, to you know, the end of Fatnata's you know, discourse on you know, the root of unwholesomeness, namely you know, delusion. And Satna, allow me you know, to you know, conclude. May you, um, based on what was Satna said you know, today, you know, may you see the many facets, the many aspects of Fatna delusion in your own practice during the sitting, during the walking meditation, during the general activities and then equipped with mindfulness and with virtue concentration and other aspects, proper reflections, may you be in a position to at first uh, temporarily temporarily weaken, abandon, and then um, abandon that certain delusion, and certain ultimately may it lead to, an, uh, or finally yeah, may it lead you know, to an, a total abandoning of delusion, either during this certain very existence or you know, some existence in the near future. And this is it for now. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.